Hey, Brendo's Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found. And of course, taped live at twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson on today's episode. Another hot episode of Raw with new surprising women's tag team champions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. being crowned last night in the main event and a particularly shocking segment between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, oh, wow. who, by the way, has his first name back, Matt Riddle, uh, which is pretty cool in itself. Uh, we'll see uh, how his bitch-ass responds to Seth Rollins and Clash at the What did you say? <laughs> Matt Riddle's bitch-ass response to what Seth did you Rollins. Just say? <laughs> oh, man, that was good. Where are you? Where, Where are, are you? you? I'm not going to beat you. <laughs> I'm going to F you fuck up. You up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, it was, it was pretty entertaining stuff. I thought was. raw was pretty darn good. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a, a half, half human, half train that WWE is looking to bring back into the company, perhaps choo choo. But first Wardlow had some words to say about MJF or, and double or nothing. So yeah, a WTNT champ Wardlow was recently interviewed by Digital Spy. What is what is Digital Spy? It's a, it's a, it's a website, Digital oh, Spy. Wow. Is it like cybersecurity stuff? No, I don't think so. It's like how to install toilet, toilet cameras? I wouldn't think Anyways. so. I mean, if that were the case, I don't know why they'd be interviewing Wardlow about double Big wrestling fans. Uh, anyways, Wardlow spoke to Digital Spy about his underwhelming bout against MJF at Double or Nothing lead up to it. He said this. That should be considered one of the best nights of my life, and it really wasn't. Everything that was going on with Max at the time and then in my life personally, just nothing was going right, and it's kind of sad that everything built up to this big night, and there was so much that ruined it. All the crap with Max and everything he was pulling. I mean, I showed up that day not knowing if I was wrestling. There's a lot more I could say about it, but I don't want to get angry, but yeah... That should have been one of the best nights of my life. And obviously the outcome was amazing, but I really didn't ever have the opportunity to enjoy it. I feel like ever since that night, things have been kind of just off and I feel like I'm still trying to get back on track ever since that night and we'll get there, but it is what it is in this life and in this business, not everything goes perfectly. So Larson, let me ask you this with reports that MJF might be returning to AEW. Is, are they, is he just sort of setting up a story here? Or do you think this is a shoot, man? Um, I mean, I, I saw the, this is from Digital Spy's website, but I saw the actual interview clip on Twitter late yesterday. Um, if this was a work thing, it seems, then, then Wordlow is actually damn good because this came off as very genuine. Interesting. Um, in, in the actual video clip. Um, you know, it, to, to go along with what we had heard about MJF's situation leading up to Double or Nothing, you know, there was some doubt, evidently, in Warlow's mind whether he was going to show up. Um, now, is it possible this could lead to something? Maybe, but I don't. I don't, I don't necessarily think this answer is necessarily uh, phrased or worded in a way to lead up to any sort of storyline. It's just based on the video. It just seems like he was asked a question about that, and this was a genuine answer. So, yeah. Um... I don't know. I mean, this could be, you know, some, the whole the term work shoot, you know, maybe he feels free to talk about it where his maybe he didn't before. 
Um, now that MJF might be coming back, maybe he's thinking, hey, you know, this is going to be a possible story, and I can get sort of the real life well, here's stuff another off thing, my too. chest. Mm-hmm. This is that's even assuming that he is is under the impression or he has any information about MJF coming back, and unless he's going to be in a story with him, I don't know if he would have that information. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, but taking it at face value, it kind of confirms. Oh yeah, what you and I had suspected. You know, I had seen uh, there are a lot of defenders of MJF and that match in particular. Now, I'm sorry, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I've seen, I think every MJF match there's been since he's been in AEW. And this was by far the most phoned in match. And you you could just, it was a paint by numbers thing. When he took out in the most blatant, obvious way that diamond ring, the dynamite diamond ring, um, and it was in full view of the ref, the match opened up the card, which you know means that Tony just wanted to get this out of the way so that it would happen. Yeah, in this situation, yes, yes. And uh, and there was just a lack. This was this this match felt like an obligation for AEW as opposed to, as Wardlow says, a celebratory moment. This was this was a Batista moment. This should have yep. been a big Batista two thousand five moment. Should have been the moment where Wardlow was more or less coordinated as a main event guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it and it was none of those things. And it didn't help that Tony Khan didn't really try to salvage the situation the fall the next week or that week where he put Wardlow in a lawsuit angle with Mark Sterling. That didn't help things. No. And no. he hasn't been done any favor since then. Nope. Let's be honest, it's been how long now? And he could have been trying to dig this guy out of out of the hole. It's been that about he, three months. Yeah. And, and he's yeah. he's a he's a rampage regular, the show that doesn't that gets worse views than NXT. Yeah. Um so they haven't done him any favors. I nope. wouldn't put it squarely on MJF necessarily, because you know, the next night Tony Khan could have done any or the, the next episode, Tony Khan could have done any number of things with Wardlow to establish, hey, this guy, I'm gonna try to salvage this and make this guy the main event that we all know he could be. Yeah. yeah. And they haven't done any of that stuff. No, the lawsuit angle is not the way to go. And, yeah, it – I mean, I, I wonder if part of it, too, is maybe they had more of a story in mind for Wardlow to get the title from Scorpio Sky or if even that was the plan but had to kind of rush it to the Sky's injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's a series of events. But, yeah, AEW Creative has done Wardlow really no favors in terms of helping him regain that momentum he had going into double or nothing. I wonder, but you know, for from a performer's standpoint, you know, not having that big moment that you've been building to for like a year or whatever it was, mm-hmm. it was a long time. It was a long time. Um, and there was so much steam behind it. And I wonder if just as a performer, it's hard to get your legs back and 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 even have the confidence to to suggest stuff to Tony Khan, you know, because at AEW, we know that's sort of the deal. Mm-hmm. And he's been there for a little while. And he, maybe he knows that's a deal, but it's like, man, I don't know. I, I was shot in the leg in this match. And and this moment was supposed to be huge, and it was taken away from me. It's like, how do I respond to this? You know, he's been he's been led down this path for so long, and uh, and and putting his trust in in Tony Khan and MJF to a degree, I guess. And then it was sort of like taken away from. Interesting to hear his thoughts. Yeah, uh, Digital Spy apparently is a is a, a, a Europe a UK ah. entertainment site. Ah. UK entertainment site. There we go. So 
that's good. Good. Uh, anyways, let's talk about this man. Might yeah. be a big name coming back to WWE, Larson. Yeah, so Fightful Select is reporting that WWE has pitched and or discussed bringing... Get these hands, Braun Strowman. I'm not finished with you Back yet, to the company. WWE. Again, this is just pitches and discussion. No confirmation. So Braun was released back on June 2nd of last year. Worked, of course, predominantly with Control Your Narrative since then. Uh-huh. Um, and then Fightful is also able to confirm Andrew Zarian's report that WWE is interested in bringing Bronson Reed, Jonah, back to the company. Big dudes. Um, Bronson's in fantastic shape. All the pictures he posts on he social is. media. Oh, he's yeah. He's in fantastic shape. He yeah. is jacked. He is cut. Mm-hmm. Um, he's apparently spending all his time that he hasn't been wrestling working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I don't know. I, I don't know. It seems like Braun's moment as main event guy has kind of come and gone. Not to say mm-hmm. you couldn't use him in more of a utility role, upper mid card thing, but um, uh, yeah, they had a they had their opportunity. I, I feel like with Braun to establish him as a main event guy, and and after the the money in the bank deal with the cash in. He just looked like a, he just looked like too much of a fool, and I couldn't buy him. I couldn't take him seriously ever again. Yeah, he had a real opportunity back in 2017. Um, that being said, sort of a clean slate in my mind for the WWE. I'd be interested to see if they'd be able to recapture a bit of that magic that Braun had going five years ago, and that we had seen very sporadically since that time. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 would I be interested? I'd be. I'd. I'd have an. I'll put it this way. I'd have an open mind about it. Um, I mean, as we've seen, taking the same ingredients that he was handed to him, Triple H has been able to make some pretty damn good television as of late, as we saw last night, and uh, and in the in in the hands of Vince McMahon, I would have zero interest in Braun Strowman. But with Triple H in charge, I'd have an open mind. Would I be like, oh, my God, this is the second coming of whatever? No. But I'd have an open mind and see where they'd go with it. I mean, I'm part of the one of the things I appreciate most about what Triple H is doing with Raw, especially Raw and SmackDown as well, is uh, increase emphasis on wrestling and put on like really good matches on a weekly basis. And Braun had some entertaining bouts and he did some entertaining stuff when he was destroying everything. That was entertaining. That was also five years ago. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. I just. It kind of feels like the. In a lot of ways, it feels like Triple H is taking Raw and SmackDown into uh, NXT on a larger platform, in terms of the approach of storyline, the the focus on in ring action, and I understand that a variety of wrestlers benefits the program, benefits everybody. I just don't know if Braun at this juncture, how well he fits into all that. Well, if you can't do it with a guy like Amos, who's on your roster already, yeah, how would you do it with Braun? If they bring him back strictly for the sort of whatever name value is there, and I, I suggest there's probably some, you know, there's name oh, value yeah. there uh, to yeah. be had. I'm yeah. sure he had his fans. Um, but if the idea is, hey, we're looking for a big man who last we saw him couldn't move all that great, uh, I feel you. Because he ain't going to be putting on those 20-minute bangers that we've been getting on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, and and if you're not going to do that with a Moss, then why would you do it at the same time? Maybe Triple H looked at him and said, "Hey, you know, there's some stuff that we can use there 
that doesn't necessarily have to be in 20 minute bangers. And if he, I'll put it all again, I'll put it this way. And triple H said this himself. It's about story and character. And if, if he has in mind a story that would, that would necessitate a Braun Strowman, that could be a compelling story that doesn't necessitate him being in the ring for 20 minutes at a time. Like I said, I'm willing to have an open mind about it because I think the stories are the thing with him. So, uh, so It'd be interested to see. I'll say this: if he came back, then do. then we the possibility of having a segment where he's in the ring and forgets his lines again. That's a possibility. Um, I would hope that maybe Braun. <laughs> God, that side by side was it wasn't even a side by side. It was like a weird. Brock was on was the Tron and he was in the ring, and he was in the ring. Yeah, and he couldn't and remember he's... his lines, so he backtracked and, and started saying to himself, like under his breath, mouthing them <laughs> until he oh, remembered what wow. they were. We got to find that and watch it on Smash Zone. That was so bad. Yeah. That was so bad. Uh, RTG here says that Braun's last match at WWE was actually a very fun triple threat with Drew and Lashley. That's true. Yeah, I'm not saying that he Braun... Was, yeah, he, he did like he did a fucking senton off the I apron. Know, I'm not saying he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't put on entertaining bouts, but if, good if point. the point is 20-minute bangers on Raw, like, yeah, Braun could put on an entertaining like seven-minute bout. And I understand. Well, there's yeah, a place but for that. dude, there's come on. Not everything is a 20 minute banger on. I know, Raw. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying variety is great. I like a variety. I don't want. That was one of my criticisms of NXT back in the day. It was like, okay, it's, it's one 15 minute awesome match after another. But you know, after after at a certain point, you kind of get not bored. But if that's the norm, then what's going to get me out of my seat, you know? And I understand that. We need. And that, that thing is getting out of your seat is Braun Strowman. Nah, at this point, at this point, Braun is not getting me out of, out of my seat, no. All right. Well, we shall see. I got an open mind, man. I got an open mind. You're right. That last match of his was actually a lot of fucking fun. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, lean down. He's had plenty of rest time. I don't know. Maybe he can bring some cool shit. Maybe he's going to. Maybe he'll, I don't know. Maybe it'll, it'll be G1 Braun, man. If that's your expectations, I think they're a little lofty, Steve. Oh, man, sky high to the moon with Braun Strowman. <laughs> Anyways, to the moon with uh, Aaliyah and Raquel uh, Gonzalez. Ru- which one Rodriguez. Is it now? It's Rodriguez. Rodriguez. I Rodriguez think, Rodriguez unless now. they change it back. I don't know. Gonzalez Everybody's getting their old names back. Rodriguez is what it is now. Yeah. It's, a li- it's, it's the double R. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Aaliyah and Raquel. New women's tag champions. We're all kind of surprised at this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the trio of Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss ran off Bailey. Uh, yeah. the leader of damage control or control, whatever they're called. And uh, that seemed to leave EO Sky and Dakota Kai bit of a mess. There were some shenanigans involving who was the legal man, brother. Yeah. And uh, Dakota Kai got rolled up by Aaliyah, who thus far in the tournament has been a whole lot of useless. Mm-hmm. She ended up getting the roll-up win on Dakota Kai in the main event. Yeah. And thus crowning them, uh, getting new tag team champions yes. there in the women's division. Yeah. Uh, I, I think for somebody who has been number one, for somebody who has been there so long, who seemed to be like an NXT, I don't know what the record is for amount of time spent in NXT, but Aaliyah has to be like top five. Yeah, I would think she so. was there a long time. Yeah, Dawkins was there a long time. Mm-hmm. But then, but then he got brought to Maine before she did. So yeah, and uh, and 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 to see her throw up on her main roster debut, cry last week in her hometown. Somebody who's so emotional. It's kind of nice to see this for her. Raquel obviously is already pretty decorated with her time yeah, in NXT. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we were all shocked to see this. Uh, where does the story go from here, leading into Clash of the Castle, and especially with Sasha and Naomi rumored to be coming back pretty soon. Um. 
I would expect... Now, here's the thing. It, it seems obvious that Triple H likes Raquel. Quite a bit. Um, this is the third time she's been a tag champion uh, under the WWE umbrella. Um, and uh, uh, both Raquel's previous reigns, the first two previous reigns in NXT, didn't last very long. And I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if this reign is likewise pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the story of the last two matches is that Ali is taken out of the picture. Raquel pretty much... For the most part, I know Aliyah got the pin here, but Raquel more or less wins the matches herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, at a certain point, someone's going to figure that out mm-hmm. and then take out Raquel mm-hmm. and then make it essentially a 2 one bout against Aliyah at that Easy point. Easy work. Easy work. We'll have new tag champs probably. Right. Um, as far as uh, I, I, there was some discussion on Twitter whether Dakota was a legal competitor at the time of the roll-up mm-hmm. or whether EO was. Um, so there's plenty of justification, I think, just based on how the end of the b- match was booked to for uh, Dakota and EO to get a rematch. And if that were to happen, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the belts at that time. I'll, but I wonder if they didn't want to run into the situation at Clash where Dakota and EO had the tag titles, Bianca has the women's title. Maybe they just didn't want to do the, uh, everything on the line. You know, winner take all. And they thought, well, with all those belts in there, it would be kind of weird if we didn't do it winner take all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll have Aaliyah and Raquel win at first. At some point in the near future, have Dakota and Io win them. And then Sasha and Bailey can return. Mm-hmm. Sasha and Naomi, yeah. sorry. Sasha and Naomi. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was I thought it was a decent twist. I know a lot of people are, are just are, are whining about it on Twitter because everybody, look, everybody loves Dakota Kai and Io Sky mm-hmm. uh, and Bailey and all that. And I totally get that. Again, you know, one thing that you and I for years now, for years now, have never been want to do is is give WWE benefit of the doubt. And at this point, I for me, it's a clean slate because of the new creative team. And I am incredibly interested to see how this is going to play out now um, heading into Clash um, because I don't know. Uh, I feel like what you're saying might have some validity to it, though. You have all those titles there and none of them are on the line at Clash. And that might be a little bit weird, um, which makes me think, okay, well, does that mean then instead of not having any titles and are they going to are they going to send Raquel and Aaliyah over there for a women's tag title match? It's a little close. You know, we're only about five days away. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I, I'm I'm all about like the you know the the surprise endings as long as there's a story behind it. And it does seem like there is a story here. It seems like you know Dakota was in the ring. I saw one of the Dakota many many Dakota Kai Stan accounts out there. You know with the Dakota, Dakota Kai in the name and Dakota Kai in the yeah, avatar. The avatar yeah, the picture, just yeah. uh, just furious. And you know one of them had tweeted out a video of her right after you know getting rolled up, saying I wasn't the legal person. Mm-hmm. So I think that is the story they're going to yeah. tell, in which yeah. case that's cool. I'm, I'm totally fine with this um, because it means that there is a story on the horizon. Man, so much of Raw last night was just setting up story. Not only did it serve as a pretty damn good go home for Clash, but so many stories being set up. This whole thing with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn and the Usos. Oh, my God. I mean, the one thing that's really dawned on me over the past couple of weeks is you've got these two guys with literally decades of history in Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and now we're going to get this the, their story. Mm-hmm. Now that there's so much history with them, even in WWE, whatever story it is that they want to tell or that Triple H wants to tell with these guys, we're going to get it. It's not going to be like you know the Festival of Friendship where, oh, man, this was for the Universal Championship, and now it's 
for the U- United States Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a main event because Goldberg yeah. shows up. They're going to get the time, effort, resources to put into this story, and it's going to be tying into this bloodline stuff. And I know the end game is probably going to end up being Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn winning those tag titles off mm-hmm. the Usos. Mm-hmm. But how they're going to get there and how that was set up last night with Sami yeah, Zayn hesitating, that was really good stuff. It was fun. It was a, it was that whole segment and the match was really good. Um, you know that, and that's that's the benefit of having two characters with history that go back years. I mean, obviously predating WWE, their time in WWE, but also, you know, their stories have woven together at various junctures in WWE as well, and and to see all that history play a role and, and, and Kevin Owens essentially try to pull Sami Zayn out of this delusion that he's a member of the bloodline. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and, and you know, it's it, it say to him, essentially, it's obvious they're using you at this juncture. Yeah. They're yeah. using you to achieve some end. You need to see this. So you're not hurt at the end of this instead and come join me and let's, 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 let's stick it to the bloodline. Let's win these putting them over. You see the crowd reaction. Yep. When he said, "You're the one of you're the best in ring performer in the history of this company," mm-hmm. and look at look at how you're slumming it right now, and the crowd was like cheering that. I love how they're setting this up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it. This is gonna be this is gonna be good, man. It's it's gonna be like festival of friendship type stuff, but always, you know. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about another segment that was pretty damn powerful. <laughs> this is where Matt Riddle said the f word, bro. When they so they set up this side by side interview, right? And it's pretty good. Like as far because side by sides are never good. No, this one was pretty good. They were talking over each other a little bit at the beginning, and it I thought that was natural. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed natural, and then they go to commercial after it's done. It has a proper finish. Mm-hmm. We come back from commercial, and they say, "Hey, this happened earlier." When the cameras, when 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 we went away, but we wanted to show it to you guys, so they think the interview is over. They're not on yeah. camera anymore. And Seth just says, "Hey Riddle, are you still there?" Because Riddle makes makes a reference to Becky wearing the pants in the family, being the only man of the family, and that bugs Seth. Yeah. So Seth says, "Hey Riddle, are you still there?" And people had had, had acknowledged that it, it was sort of mirrored a, a UFC segment between Cormier and, and uh, John Jones. Yeah. And he says, "Hey Riddle, are you still there?" And Riddle's like, "Yeah." And he says, you want to talk about families? Let's talk about your family, how your wife divorced you because her and your kids don't want to be around your bitch ass anymore. What did you say? <laughs> and Riddle oh. says, Riddle's beside, what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the, he's like, I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was, we were shy and we put up, we put our react. This is one, one benefit of doing like the watch alongs. Is we, we get our na- our reactions, which we then put up over at Friendo Club TV for mm-hmm. some content, so you can see me and Forcer's reactions to that, and then the women's tag match at the end. Uh, we we put those reactions up over at Friendo Club, and we were beside ourselves. We were just, oh my god, what is that? And I love that they didn't go back to a brawl. They, yeah. we didn't get to see what happened after that. That was fantastic. Because and I had the- said yesterday. I had said they need to do something beyond just another brawl because we had that in the parking lot yesterday. Yeah, and apparently after Raw went off the air, they went out to the ring and brawled some more. Okay, all right, okay. Um, and then and this was that thing. This was that thing. 
That was fantastic because anybody who's sort of been half paying attention to Matt Riddle is sort of under, you know, seen where he's been, you know, the, the, the family situation, which is unfortunate for that to happen. But for them to sort of get on that page and say, hey, we're going to go we're going to go there now, mm-hmm. um, I thought I thought was just made for good television. It did. It, it just did. made and for like, oh, my God, jaw dropping television. And everybody's performances were spot on. Like the moment that Riddle brought oh, up yeah. Becky, Seth, at that point, no more laughing. No maniacal no laughing, laughing anymore. He is he w- serious. He and rather cold. than and rather than and then you know put on his his pro wrestler voice, Seth. He talked really quietly, mm-hmm. and it was almost m- monotone how he said it. Yeah. To to Riddle, he says, "Hey Riddle, you there? You want to talk about families? Talk about your family, about how your wife divorced you because her and her, your your kids don't want to be around your bitch ass." <laughs> Like it was barely above a whisper. I know it was. It felt so fucking genuine. It felt so real. Yeah, that was uh, that was really really terrific stuff. And on top of that, Matt's got his uh, Rill's got his first name back. Yep, and apparently they, Austin they, Theory does too. Oh, that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. Was that a was that was it like said on? The, and I just didn't notice it on the I, show. I think so. I read about it. That uh, okay. Both of them got their names back, so that's good. That's a good step. That's a step in the right direction. You know, we've we've had plenty of discussions about changing names or using part of names and all that kind of stuff, and whether that's it's it's advantageous. WWE do that protect their IP versus you know we see people get released and just barely change the name. They change one part of the name and keep the other part of the name they had WWE and still benefit from the general idea of what their name was in WWE. So does the name change even really uh, do much for? Mm-hmm. WWE at this juncture so yeah. I, you know I, I, I've always kind of been of, of the opinion that when a wrestler has established a brand whether outside WWE or within WWE using a certain name it benefits you to have that known brand on your programming as opposed to because you can license that brand that name while they're under contract you know it's what they do that's why AJ Styles still has the name um uh Rather than just give them a whole new name, that you know, it's just my opinion because we've seen it time and again where people come in with established brand and everybody benefits from it because it's established you know, brand. You know, dude, you made you made a really good point. We were talking about this when th- this stuff started. The, the names started coming back, and it was wrestlers use social media in such a savvy way these days that it's not really that like it's not like all of a sudden they're going to show up in AEW. And it's like, oh, I don't know who this person is because they have a different name. Like, what's the point then? You know, it's like we know yeah. who it is. Yep. Why not allow them uh, to use if they come in with the name, then they should be able to use that name in WWE and go out with the name because what does it matter? Like, it's not going to do much. Now, when, if when, they when, come when, in when, and they get a WWE name, like, okay, yeah, I can understand that's a WWE creation. Yeah, but at the same time, like Alistair Black can leave WWE and be Malachi Black. You know, it's still referencing right. the time of WB. So really, what benefit did the name change? Unless he just wanted, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a WB now. I want a clean slate. I want a new name. Fine. If that's if that's what he thinks will benefit him, cool. Um, Johnny, yeah. Johnny B here in chat says, uh, Miz said Tommaso last night when he was leaving. Did you oh, notice I did, that? I, did I didn't notice, notice that. that. I didn't notice if that. If that's either. true, that, that's, that's pretty interesting. I do like well. how Champa refers to Miz as Mike. I know, me too. I also love how he kept uh, shirtless last night when yeah. he was uh, walking the Miz out to his car, yeah. and he had all that glitter on him. Oh, it was great. <laughs> Champa and Miz are the unlikeliest fucking best chemistry team. Yeah, I would. I did not that at see all. that coming 
at all. But my God, they are absolutely killing it. They like really the are. this Miz and Loomis stuff. It's very Loomis NXT. Oh, it is. It is. But it's, at the same time. It's really good, though. I, I think it's re- like Champa just being like, dude, you need to get your head on straight. It is so damn good. It is. Uh, so let's dive into it. We had AJ Styles and Dolph Ziggler taking on the Judgment Day. Uh, of course, you know, two former Bullet Club leaders, Finn Balor, AJ Styles. Although I going think AJ, AJ disputes that he was ever really Bullet Club leader. What? That's just him being humble, man. Maybe. That's I mean, he was champion. Humble. He was IWGP champion while in Bullet Club, so it seems like. That should probably make you leader. Like, what is he? What did he think? Like, it was Tomatonga or something? I think it was Carl Anderson. Oh, okay. Was it? At that juncture, he'd been the longest tenured member, I believe. Okay. Okay. Tama wasn't for Tama wasn't before Carl Anderson. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Judgment Day here gets the win on uh, Priest hits the south of uh, what is it called? South of Heaven Chokeslam. Heaven. Yeah. yeah chokeslam. So there was a moment during the match where uh, AJ was kind of sent towards Finn, who was on the apron by Priest. And he could have hit him, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He held back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's going to lead to story, maybe. Yeah, or man. if he was like worried about a DQ. I don't know, but right, he didn't here's hit him. Here's the thing. Listen, listen up, guys. You two, come here. Guys, over here, AJ Finn, come here. I don't know why Dad never made you guys a thing. Bullet Club, you guys are for life. Too sweet, all that good stuff. All right? AJ, you're a leader. Finn, you're a leader. AJ's like, I wasn't a leader. It was Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Well, he's out of here, so uh, we can't. (laughs) We'll just say, we'll kayfabe it. We'll kayfabe it, man. You can be leader. Uh, So, so yeah, anyways, hopefully that leads to some shit because that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, Up on the Tron, uh, Edge uh, pulls up to the arena in an SUV. Judgment Day on their way out of of that place. They're like, whoa, let's go back to the ring. Let's hold our ground against Edge. Raw rolls on. Back from commercial. Rhea Ripley calls out Edge. Says, uh, I'll happily smash what's left of your manhood. And then Finn says, I'm sick of these legends. Uh, uh, Priest had Edge beat last week, but Edge gets the documentary. I beat Ray, but Ray gets a documentary. Where's our documentary? Where's my A&E special? Yeah, I like that. And then uh, Priest says, uh, you know, Finn, he told no lies just now. He said, I had Edge beat last week, but the ref lost his shoe, so he didn't see it. He says, but tonight we're not in Toronto. Edge has no friends, no family, no Beth to protect him. Tonight we finish him. Tonight he faces his Judgment Day. Here's your Judgment Day. So the Edge comes down to the ramp, says, uh, uh, Judgment Day, you made some valid points there, but also some ridiculous points. He says, uh, uh, myself and Ray didn't come back to steal your glory, Finn. We came back to teach you uh, what it was to reach that glory. But your ego was too big. And got in the way. He says, I believe that uh, they, he says, I believe that you guys want to end my career. Uh, I don't have Beth here to wash my back, but I'm comfortable in my masculinity to say that we both wear the pants in our family. He says, it's 2022. Priest, stop being a caveman. Beth is a badass. Yeah. He says, last week, uh, myself and Priest went to war and I won. So now I'm standing there. Uh, standing here by myself while Judgment Day is looking all emo and sad because they couldn't score tickets to My Chemical Romance. Oof. says, but they didn't learn uh, what he was trying to teach them all these months sitting under his learning tree. That is, I didn't come alone. So Ray and Dom hit the ring with kendo sticks. A huge brawl breaks out. Uh, eventually, Rhea and Dom are the last two in the ring. Yeah. And Rhea's like, put the kendo stick down. Dom's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And eventually, she convinces him to just hand over the kendo stick. 
to the, her. <laughs> the undertones here are fucking hilarious, by the way, because the framing of this shot was, I have to imagine, very deliberate. Dom is holding the kendo stick kind of waist high. Yeah. <laughs> Rhea's on the other end of it, grabbing it, bringing it down, and it's filmed from the side. So there is there is some undertones there yes. that are both hilarious and I think really fucking apropos, to be honest yep. with you, yep. given that Rhea is just terrorizing this kid, but doing it in a certain way. That is, it's it's really it's really interesting to watch them go it there. Is. It's been it's been really good. So eventually, Dom hands over the the kendo stick, and then Edge and Ray get back in the ring to have Dom's back, and then Rhea still has a kendo, and she's like, "Come on, let's go." Rhea's been doing great work. Oh, dude, she's ready she to has throw. been doing the best work she of this entire to, thing. She's been ready. She's ready to throw down, but then Priest and Balor pull her out of the ring. She wants to get back in there. Like, she no, wants no, to get no. in there. It's it's her against three dudes. Yeah. And oh my god, it's yeah, so this this stuff is so fucking good. Uh, after that, we had an earlier today interview with Miz and Champa. Champa says Mike isn't in the mood today. Kevin says, uh, Miz, can you just tell us what happened last week? Miz says, I can't and I won't. He says Loomis isn't even a WWE superstar. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we got a quick Raquel and Aaliyah promo. They pretty much just say they're going to win the tag titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then we get a uh, a match. Enhancement match for Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Bianca Belair. A tune-up, yeah. yes. Tune-up. Against Kayla Sparks, Danny Moe, and Katie Arquette. The new Rick Rude, apparently. Yep. pulling. Was it uh, Kayla Sparks or Katie Arquette? It was, it was Katie, Katie Arquette, Arquette, who was yeah. on Raw and then Elevation. Elevation, yeah. Last night. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Alexa, Oscar, Bianca, they get the win. Oscar uh, makes Danny Moe tap out. Mm-hmm. They all grab mics. Bianca says, Bailey. EO and Dakota could try to run this place, but a month ago, they didn't even go here. I've been holding down the Rawman's title since WrestleMania, so at Clash, they are going down. Uh, Alexa says things are going to get twisted on Saturday because, and she uh, looks over to Asuka. Asuka says, because they're not ready for them. And then Bianca says, the three of them always talk about Bailey, Dakota, and EO. That is, always talk about damage control, but at Clash, we're taking control. Yeah. They're in control again. Uh, after that, Champ and Miz chat backstage. Pierce steps in. Champa tells me, uh, Pierce, he says, you know, Miz has had a lot of distractions today. He's got a match to prepare for. Pierce says, hey, man, I want to talk about last week. You've got the support of the company. If you need counseling, anything, let me know. And Miz says, I don't want to talk about it. I want to focus on my match. Pierce says, you know, Loomis has been released by the police because you neglected to press charges. And Miz is like, what? How did that happen? He's like, well, you didn't even press charges. You didn't talk He's, to him. You didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. He says, I'm going to be blunt. If you want to talk about it, it's going to make easy. It's going to make it easy for Loomis to get away with it. And Miz has nothing to say. He says, come on, I'm just trying to help. And Miz is like, you're trying to help by putting me in a match against Bobby Lashley after everything I went through last week, which is an excellent point, by the way. Yeah, I know. I love how Pierce just goes just right after that. That missing a beat. Oh, so what happened last week? <laughs> Tell me what happened. Yeah. And uh, Champ is like, you need to leave now. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Uh, after that, Kurt Angle, Pittsburgh zone, Kurt Angle came to the ring. Says uh, he puts over Clash, says it's going to be so good, you don't want to miss it. But he's basically instantly interrupted by Alpha Academy. Uh, Gable says, not only is Kurt a hometown hero, he's my personal hero. He says, Angle's story is one that motivated me day in and day out when I was trying to make the Olympic team. Everybody knows that they're looking, the Alpha Academy is looking for a new member. And he said he decided 
he was going to continue his search and open challenge, but found no worthy, no one worthy in Pittsburgh. But he thinks, uh, but Kurt, he thinks uh, they could change the world. So for tonight, I'm offering you for one night only something you won't believe. I'll accept you, Kurt Angle, into the Alpha Academy. And yeah. he says, Otis, give him the jacket. So Otis goes over and presents Kurt with a jacket. Uh, Angle takes the jacket, looks at it for a second, goes, ah, I'll pass. <laughs> and then Gable says, "What? Well, it sounds like you just turned down the greatest one-night offer in history. Tell me that's not true. And Angle is about to do true. The, the true is damn yeah. true. Gable shooshes him. He, and th- that shoosh looked like his head was getting purple, man. Yeah. He shoosh! And then Angle says, did you just shoosh me? And he says, you shoosh. And Gable says, I do the shooshing around here. And they have a shoosh off. It was honestly, it was a bit of a Vince McMahon type segment right here. You can sort of see where Triple H is and Vince's uh, comedic uh, yeah. commonalities here play off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyways, Gable says, that's enough. Uh, he tells Otis to show Kurt what happens when somebody turns down an offer from the Academy. The thing I liked too also was that earlier on the crowd was getting a bit restless and they were start, starting to boo Gable. And he says, he said, everybody shoosh. Your guys are it. There, there's an Olympic hero in this ring. Also, Kurt Angle is here. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty damn funny. Uh, so uh, as Otis approaches Kurt Angle in an intimidating fashion, Street Profits run in to make the save. Ford says, the Academy, you must not know the motto. If you mess with Kurt, you want to get hurt. He says, we're on Raw making a fuss because on SmackDown, we got our you guys messed up our bus, which means you're at the right place at the wrong time. We're looking for a fight. And, of course, we want the smoke. And Gable says, we'll accept the Prophet's challenge on one condition. After we win, Angle has to join the Alpha Academy and does whatever I say to take Kurt to the next level. <laughs> Like Kurt Angle has to go to some other level. Olympic gold then, medalist, one Olympic medal with a broken neck. Right. Yeah. Kurt Angle has all the confidence in the Street Profits, so he accepts that. And we get a really terrific match between match the Street really Profits good. and Alpha really Academy. Good. It really was good. really good, yeah. Uh, in the end, Street Profits get the win. The finish was a lot of fun. So uh, Gable's looking for an ankle lock. Ford eventually reverses that to an ankle lock of his own. Otis breaks it up with a splash. So then Otis, he walks over to Kurt, who's sitting by commentary he tells angle you're joining the academy mm-hmm. and then dawkins runs in from out of frame pounces the shit out of otis over the announce table into byron saxon who took a tumble as well that was a massive that pounce, was a yeah. massive massive pounce so uh, gable is looking for the rolling german suplex ford lands on his feet uh the street profits hit this great pounce german suplex combo and then ford follows with the frog splash to get the win and afterwards profits Go celebrate with Kurt, and they hand him a cup. They all take a drink. Kurt spits it out. He's like, hold on. <laughs> and so there's a cooler in the background behind him. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so he produces uh, some milk, and they all cheers. They all drink some milk. The look on his face when, you know, he the the the, the solo cup, when he downed the contents of it was yeah. fucking hilarious. So yeah. It's like, come on, Kurt. What do you think is going to be in there, man? I think just water. Uh, so anyways, earlier in the day, we got some fan footage, some quote unquote fan footage yeah. of Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle brawling in the parking lot, uh, broken up, of course, by some J and J security. Yeah. Uh, then we had, uh, the Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins split screen interviews hosted by Corey Graves. Corey Graves is the first person to say Matt Riddle, by the way. Um, uh, they're asked what went down earlier. Seth says Riddle was creeping by my bus. Riddle says, no, I was just on my phone talking to Randy. So they're chirping over each other. He's asked, uh, they're asked, where did this all begin? Seth says, you know, I haven't been targeting Riddle. Riddle's been a thorn in my side ever since Money in the Bank, and here's the issue. 
I'm at the top of the food chain and Riddle's on the come up. So this clash was bound to happen, but there's only one problem. It's my time, not Riddle's time, and he's not on my level. So Riddle says, Seth is scared of me. Seth thinks I'll embarrass him just like Roman did, just like Cody did, and just like I was going to at SummerSlam. So Seth says, I'm going to let you in a little secret, Riddle. Nobody likes you. They can't stand how you talk, your stupid face when you finish. When I'm uh, finished with you. Oh, and when I'm finished with you, it's not just going to be for me. It's going to be for everybody. Riddle says, if Seth's trying to get rid of me, it's going to take a lot more than what you're doing because I'm going to be here for a long, long time, so get used to it. Seth says, I'm going to finish Riddle this Saturday, and if that means putting you on the shelf next to Cody, then that's what I'm going to do because I'll be done with him and I'll be able to move on to the undisputed title, and there's nothing you can do about that. And they're asked, what can you expect this Saturday? Seth says, I'm going to steal the show. I'm going to stomp Riddle's head into the mat and show him who the man is around here. Riddle says, I'm going to prove there's only one man in Seth's marriage, and that's Becky. And this whole time, like you mentioned earlier, Seth was – laughing it up and doing yeah. it oh, Seth freaking Rollins, yeah right exactly and on that line Seth went cold yep we cut to Miz and Champa backstage yep so uh there's walking backstage they walk past the security guard Miz stops turns around and goes back to security guard looks at him Champa walks back up to him and go are you all right and Miz says yeah I'm fine and then we go back so we go to commentary and they say during commercial break cameras are still rolling interview is over we cut this bit of video and as we talked about earlier, Seth saying, hey, Riddle. And the Riddle goes, yeah, what's up? You still there? Yeah. Well, if you want to talk about my family, let's talk about your family. And why you don't have one? Because your wife divorced you and took your kids because they don't want to be around your bitch ass anymore. And Riddle says, what did you just say? What did you just say? And Seth goes, you heard what I said. And then Riddle says, all right, I'm not just going to beat you up. I'm going to fuck you up. Where are you? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you? And Seth just goes, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was good stuff. It was good. Uh, after that, we had Bobby Lashley versus The Miz. Miz, of course, was just distracted the entire time of the prospect of yes. Loomis being around. By the way, earlier on backstage when they were walking, there was a shot when Miz got freaked out for a second because Loomis was there for like a split second. Oh, and they then went back was, to the security guard. Yeah. Gone. yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, The Miz the entire time distracted by the idea of Loomis Champa trying to keep his head in the game. Uh, at one point, it was a great moment, too. Uh, Champa just doing what he could to protect Miz. Bobby Lashley had Miz up oh. on his shoulders, ready to post him. Champa got up on the post like a koala bear. Wraps himself <laughs> around the ring post to protect him. And so great. he's protecting Miz from getting posted. Um, at one point, of course, Champa didn't see this, but Loomis did appear up at the very, very top. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, where the fans are, like up at the top of the stairs, like way back in the Yeah, the, in the on the lower seats. level, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so everybody notices except for Champa and Miz is freaking out and Champa's like get your head back in the game. Miz points to where Loomis is. They go back and Loomis is gone. Mm -hmm. So Champa thinks he's just going crazy. Of course that leads to uh, uh, because Miz almost had this. Well, I don't know about one necessarily, but he had Lashley on verge of a skull crushing finale. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, and so you know all this Loomis stuff. Led to Lashley. Miz just walked backwards into a hurt lock. Yeah. Of course, he has to tap out at that point. Yep. Uh, then we get a, a cool little bit between Kurt Angle and Edge backstage. So Edge says, you know, hey, I did something special for you tonight. I got some pictures made of some of our greatest moments together. And they're all like large pieces of poster board. And Kurt's like, all right, I'm not falling for this again. Because, of course, years ago, they did something similar. Well, on the back of the, of, of the board, 
Yeah. With stuff like, hey, Kurt Angle sucks, you suck, blah, 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 the arrow pointed Kurt Angle, stuff like that. And so Kurt turns the first picture around, sees there's nothing on the on the back side of it, and goes, oh, all right, well, I guess it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so he starts going through the pictures, and of course, all the other ones yeah, have yeah. things on it, like, I'm sorry I started the you suck chant, you still yeah. suck, that kind of stuff on it. I'm sorry me and Ray beat you for the tag titles. Yeah. It was, it was like a, li- a laundry list of apologies for how he treated him back yeah. then. Yeah, it was pretty uh, But fun. I think, and then meanwhile, he's like, you know, he's talking him up in person. And, you know, the last one is, hey, man, I really love you. And it says, but you still suck. Yeah. It was pretty <laughs> great. Thing. And, then, and then so he goes over to, uh, to Dom and Ray. And, uh, and Ray just sort of chuckles. And then Kurt Angle looks at the sign and sees what happened. He says, Christ on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. Turns around and leaves. So then. Uh, it was such a wonderful moment. It was. It was. So then Dom. So it's just Ray and Dom there. Then Ray tells Dom, you know, hey, I thought clash would be a family thing and ray says well it is edge is like family but really i chose edge because i needed his experience by my side but hey i still need you in my corner will you be there for us and dom goes i understand you need experience i'll still be there yeah yeah uh so we'll see how that plays out. oh he's totally turning he's totally turning i, I mean we've been saying that for so long we've been saying that for so long i mean judgment day is winning that match so is it is it going to be yeah no they totally are are they going to go so far as to have like Rhea have a uh, Dom on like a collar chain? <laughs> I could see that shit happen. Yeah, I, I wouldn't it, it wouldn't surprise me if that get out, get out the gimp like suit. Yeah, <laughs> who's that tall guy in the gimp suit? Dom, he's <laughs> Dom. He's living up to his name, Dom. I mean, uh, well, he'd be a sub at that point. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, after that, we had uh, the Usos and Sami Zayn in a promo. Sami Zayn coming in. I was hoping. I was hoping this was going to be a full bloodline entrance, Larson, but no, nope. it was the Usos and Sammy. Roma doesn't Zane. work Mondays, man. He doesn't work Mondays. Uh, so, but Sammy's coming out dancing to their song they and everything right the there with them. They all put up the ones. So Jay says the bloodline's now in your city. They all hold them up. Jimmy says this Friday Roman has been undisputed Universal Champion for 730 days. Well, well he's been un- Universal. He's champion. been Universal Champion. Yeah. They're capable yeah. of that. He's in this Friday on SmackDown. There's a big celebration for the Tribal Chief. Sammy cuts off Jay. He says, well, I don't mean to cut you off, but just want to add one point. And Jay is not happy about being cut off. He says, Roman has personally appointed me as master of ceremonies for the night, which as the honorary oost, that's huge. He says, let's not forget about what you're looking at right now. Well, first, Jay, like, he just Jay stares. Mad Dog Sammy. Yeah, and Sammy him, realizes, yeah. so he decides to pump them up. Yeah. He's like, let's not forget, though, what you're looking at right here, right now, because you're in the presence of the most dominant tag team in WWE history, the undisputed tag champions, the Usos. And Jimmy says, that means the bloodline is running both shows. Jay says, Roman's going to beat Drew at Clash. They're interrupted by Kevin Owens. Yep. And Kevin Owens says, first of all, bloodline, you didn't run anything on Monday night because I made it clear that Raw is still the Kevin Owens shows. But I'm I'm glad you're here because uh, I get the opportunity to remind you that Roman still owes me one. And uh, Jay asks Sammy, hey, is, is Owen still your boy? And Sammy says, well, technically, yes, he is. And then Jay says, well, you better get him before I do. And Sammy says, all right, let's all take a second. Let's settle down. I'll explain it to Owens. And he says, here's the thing. He says this to, Kev- to Kevin Owens. He says, Roman doesn't owe you or anyone, anything ever. So that's how it is. And Owens tells Sammy, I don't think you could find a way to look stupider than when you grew out your hair. And yet every single week you manage 
to uh, you manage to by running around with a bloodline, letting them treat you the way they do. He says, I'm genuinely sad that you've forgotten that you're one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time. And now you're reduced to being the bloodline's personal clown. It's pathetic. I still consider you my best friend, more like a brother. But it's sad to see what you've become. Uh, you should look in the mirror and reassess things. Mm. And Sammy says, Kevin Owens, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. He says, uh, you're like all these people. Everyone online who keeps setting the meme, uh, he thinks he's on the team. Um, he says, you can't get your head around the fact that the bloodline actually likes me. He says, look, Jimmy likes me, and they do their handshake. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Jay, and he goes, well, we're working on it, but most importantly, Roman likes me. That's why he invited me into his dressing room. That's why we were united. The four of us were united at the end of SmackDown. And then Jay says, you know, Kevin Owens, if you don't turn around and walk up that ramp, I'm going to drop you like we did to Drew. And so Owens turns like he's going to walk up the ramp, then turns back around, gets in the ring, says, you know, I don't care. He says to Jay, I don't care what you did to Drew. I do care about uh, what you did to me. Don't think I forget, forgot that you and Heyman were the only reason for me not beating Roman for the Universal title 18 months ago. He says, so on Friday, you can celebrate Roman's 730 days at champ, as champ, but uh, you can also celebrate two years of having your head up your cousin's ass. And yeah. so, you know, Jay and, and Owens are getting each other's face. So Sammy says, here's the thing. Trying hard to keep the peace. Uh, I, I don't want to be a problem, but the way you're talking right now, Kevin Owens, you're begging for Jay to kick your ass. And then Kevin Owens just says, yeah, you know what, Jay? This is the part where we drop the mics and get a ref out and fight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Ref oh, runs out. Yeah. We get Great a match. moment there. Great line. And Jay is Jay isn't. They, they have defined their characters individually so well, the Usos have, throughout this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um and then we get that match, and it's it's a phenomenal match. And, of course, the big plot point of this match is at one point Jimmy has the ref distracted. Jay has Kevin Owens down with his head sort of outside the ropes near commentary, mm-hmm. and they're telling – they told Sammy just moments earlier, get a chair, mm-hmm. get a chair. Sammy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, get a chair. Sammy gets a chair, and he realizes what's happening. Ref is distracted. They want him to blast Kevin Owens in the head with a chair. He can't do it. He can't do it. The Usos both confront Sammy about it. Meanwhile, which means Jay is distracted as well. Bang, he gets hit with the stunner. Kevin Owens gets the win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal bout, too. Really good. Yeah, thing. awesome and a, and a really great plot point here. Yeah. I, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what goes down on Friday, given that it's already been taped, mm-hmm. how they're referencing this stuff. Um and uh and then and then how that leads to the clash. Yeah, it's it's man, it's got me on pins and needles. Uh, then we get a Bailey, EO Sky, Dakota Kai interview. Uh, Bailey says, Bianca, you're right. You have been holding it down since Mania, as in holding everybody back, and that's why uh, they all need me to lift them up and bring the division back to life. And that starts a clash where they get rid of, we get rid of you, we get, a, get rid of Alexa, get rid of Asuka, and pretty soon everyone will be looking up at me again, their role model, while we all look down at you. And Dakota says uh, they're going to take over this entire company. They're in the finals of the tag team tournament. A chance to not only say that we're in power, but to prove it. She says Raquel and Aaliyah have beaten some of the best to get here, which means it's going to hurt that much more when we send them back to SmackDown. And Neo says, yep, we're going to leave Raw as the new tag team champions. Yep. Uh, Miz is hurrying outside to get to his SUV. Champa chases him down. Mike says, Tommaso, I'm good. He's about to get in the car. And then Kevin walks up, tries to get an interview. And Miz is like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. 
He gets in the car, closes the door, and as the car starts to, starts to drive away, a light pops on in the back seat. Just <laughs> and Loomis is in there, and he's just staring out the car towards Kevin. It's so creepy. I yeah, I know. He, he, but his gimmick is has a danger of being really one-dimensional, but he does it so damn well. He does it so well. And uh, and yeah, I mean that's a problem for I guess you know Another at some day. point in the future. Yeah, exactly. You know that's when you bring uh, Indy Hartwell to Raw, yeah. and that's where you, that's how you add the dimension. Absolutely. So yeah. earlier in the day, John, John Gargano is being involved in or interviewed. Sorry, in the empty arena, and he's asked, you know, what did last week mean? He said last Monday meant everything to me. Wrestling is my life, and wrestling has been out of my life for nine months, the longest I've been out of a ring since I was eight years old. Says I'm excited to get back in arenas like this one and do what I think I was put on this planet to do. And he's uh, asked about, well, did theory ruin that? His moment last week, and he goes, "No, I was excited to see Austin." So say what you will about that kid, but he's like family to me, and I've sat back and watched him, and I'm happy for all his success. It doesn't surprise me because theory has every genetic gift I don't have. That's why we're together in NXT. But success affects everyone a little bit differently, and you're a different kind of winner when you start at the bottom. In theory, given those gifts and who he knows. And while he's saying this theory is walking down the stairs towards him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't had to start from the bottom, uh, but I haven't seen or heard from him from nine months. He'd even call when the baby was born. So theory comes up and John stands up and theory goes, no, 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 no. I just want to talk. So sit down. So they both, well, sit I down. like what he says here too. He says, you don't have anything to worry about. You're, you kicked me last week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He says, sit down. And he says, I just want to talk. He says, you want to talk about not calling. You didn't call me when I won the U S title or I won money at the bank. And Gargano says, you know, I've been busy. And Theory goes, oh, yeah, I've been busy being a stay-at-home dad and, and changing diapers. That just sounds like excuses to me. Maybe you didn't call because you were a little bit jealous. You were sitting on your couch playing stay-at-home dad while I was competing at WrestleMania, being the youngest Money of the Bank winner. He says, I know that gets under your skin. Uh, I expected better from you, John. But as they say, it's lonely at the top. So good luck here at Raw because you're swimming with sharks now. This is exactly what they need to be doing mm-hmm. with, with theory. Because, number one, he's got a good point. You and I have been there. It's not difficult to text people and, you know, in between changing diapers, say, hey, buddy, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Theory's got a point here. And this is the kind of – this is like, what, like a five-minute segment or so. Not even that. And it adds humanity. It adds some layers. It adds some reasons why there's a discord between these two. Um, and it, it's a good little effective moment. I was worried for a second because right before this, I was like, they're about to do this main event. There's no Gargano. So I love that they just add this little mm-hmm. thing. Doesn't have to be a big in-ring thing, but this kind of thing, you build layers and layers on Austin Theory. You're going to start giving a shit about the guy. Yeah, and also I'm happy they did something like this as opposed to another backstage thing or in terms of just the setup of it. It's a little bit different. Right. It, dude, it's NXT. When mm-hmm. it's at its best, it's not just, hey, there's an awkward camera standing there and somebody walks up and it's like, why is there even a camera there? Yeah. This is motivated. It makes sense why it it's, happens. And that's something they still do in NXT where they have the, the cameraman, essentially, the camera person doing the interview. There's not mm-hmm. an on-person interviewer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had uh, a video package for the women's tag title tournament. And then we had our main event, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Dakota Kai. And EO Sky, we kind of went through uh, the finish here. Much of this match was uh, the same as usual, though. Kind of early-ish on, Aaliyah got taken out, yeah. uh, had being banged up against the ring step, so Raquel had to carry a lot of the heavy load here. She ended up kicking out of a moonsault from EO Sky. 
Bailey gets on the on the mat, on the apron to complain to the referee because it's like I I felt the same thing. I don't know why. Uh, somebody's here. Oh. Um, I didn't know why uh, 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 anybody's kicking out of that moonsault either. Yeah, I know. But Oscar, Bliss, and Bianca chase her off. Kai and Io get distracted by all that. Aaliyah tags herself in. Kai hits uh, the chiropractor on Raquel, the big backbreaker. And uh, Io hits a crucifix bomb. Aaliyah runs in, rolls up Dakota Kai for the win. Mm-hmm. And, and they, you know, I, I know some people were disappointed by the outcome, but, man, they did everything after that match to make it presented as a huge moment. They had all the pyro. Yeah. You know, they, they framed that as, as a huge moment, and, and I'm happy they did that because for so long, the way the the women's tag titles were booked, they didn't seem like they were of high importance to management. Now, just based on the presentation here, you can tell they are. Absolutely, and that's I great, agree. dude. They know that Sasha and Naomi coming back is going to be a big deal. They've got some good names in the tag division. I hope, I honestly hope that they keep together. Like you know, have well, they're probably going to win them sooner than later. Eo Sky and Dakota Kai. I think so. Yeah, but keep them together as a tag team. Keep these tag teams together as a proper division and when mm-hmm. these tiles are, are are decided and defended put them in prominent spots in the main event of raw main event of smackdown at the top of the of the hour whatever make these big give them all video packages whenever you defend them the same kind of respect you give all the other titles not the 24 7 which seems to not exist anymore which is great yeah i don't really have a problem with that mm-hmm. uh let's answer some questions here time more rockman here on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We've got our bonus episode for the week today, Overrun, which will include a Numbers Don't Lie segment with the NWO. We're going to be looking at the NWO there, mm-hmm. but also for the beginning of Overrun, we're going to be talking about 10 things we want to see happen this weekend. We've oh, got yeah. three big shows, Worlds Collide, All Ooh. Out, and of course, Clash of the Castle. Yep. Not in that order, um, but we're going to talk That's about things. the opposite that, order that are happening. The opposite order, exactly. Uh, things that we want to see go down this weekend uh, on Overrun Today. We're going to be filming it live at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. $5 a month there. Be a Twitch sub or YouTube channel member. Just click join right here at YouTube.com slash Stephen Larson. Over here on the Patreon, we do have a questions thread for our recaps. Timur says, what other filming techniques would you like to see from WWE with regards to the Miz and Dexter storyline? I want to see Dexter appear in the mirror. Ah, uh, he's in the wall. That exactly. Yeah. Just give us more. Um, this is even just beyond that particular storyline. Give us more fly on the wall stuff or, you know, that's something they never really did a whole lot of in NXT. They did have like sometimes they'd have security cam footage of stuff happening and usually it'd be something happening. Again, something happening in the foreground, whatever happened in the background is really what you're supposed to be paying attention to. But, you know, just just. You know, I, I I was never a huge impact person, mm-hmm. but I always appreciated how they they changed things up in terms of presenting uh, from the verbal side of things how stories were going to progress and be told and doing the fly on the wall backstage stuff. I thought was really a step in the right direction. Um, I'm really surprised like, no one else no one else has has tried doing that. Really, I lo- I agree. I love this idea. M. Xavier says I want mm. some one shot takes. Mm-hmm. Let's get some of that Goodfellas going through the restaurant shit. How great would that be? Opening right. shot of the player, first shot of touch of evil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, first shot of Boogie Knights for that matter, too. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Rob Conway guy says, is, is Kevin Owens about to go on the run of his career? I think he is. I think it's entirely I, possible. I think that it really does feel that way. Uh, Blake Whitehouse, does Seth versus Riddle being a plain old singles match mean we'll have a wonk ending given how their promo ended? They should really make this like a street fight or something, man. Wait, who's this? Riddle and uh, Rollins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They should add a stipulation. Fight pit. Like a, oh, oh, there you go, fight pit. There you go. Rollins in the fight pit. Uh, let's see here. Um, we've already talked enough about the how we feel about the tag titles in Ali and Raquel. Um, Lord Ziffer says, what do you think the end game for Gargano in theory is? Um, it's probably Gargano getting a good uh, win in his first feud and, and, and developing some character, some layers to Theory's character for Austin Theory. I think by the end, ideally by the end of their feud, which should last a couple months, we'll start to feel something for Theory. Be it some sympathy for him being left by Gargano, um, we'll start to understand the character more. That's uh, more than wins, losses. Yeah. Theory needs to come out of this in terms of wins and losses, but there needs to be an appeal to his humanity that we see and understand, and then we'll give a shit about his cash in mm-hmm. because right now nobody does. No, right now really. that cash in is cold. Yeah. Cold. Pretty cold. But there's plenty of time. Oh, wow. Hugh Long Heavy here says it's Clash at the Castle. So give Riddle and Rollins medieval weapons and armor and they could fight like M1 Medieval. That's the medieval MMA, I believe, right? I think we watched some of that on Smash. Yeah. Zone. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like it's difficult to do. It was pretty horrifying. Uh, the Yellow Flash says, uh, could you see anyone in the women's division having a title reign similar to Roman's? And they could have done that with Asuka. They could out. have. I'd, I'd actually love to see that with Bianca. Mm-hmm. The more she wins, the more her ego grows, and it starts to turn into something kind of toxic. <laughs> you know, like, and then and we get like a slow burned heel turn for Bianca. I think that could be kind of fun, but not like I want to see. There needs to be more dominant heel champions. I'm tired of the chicken shit heel. Yeah, me too. Who wins through nefarious means. Have Bianca become like the Brock of the division, you know? Mm -hmm. How cool would that be if she's just like just full of herself, but it's because she can legitimately beat anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Enforcer here says, uh, Larson, we were asked this last night after Gunther beat Sheamus. Who should Gunther feud with next? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. returning yeah. Pete Dunn. Oh, that's good. Okay. I mean, he's already there. He's Butch. I know, but he's, I mean, he's returning as he's Pete Dunn again. Not Butch. How about Pete this? Dunn. What if you do this? What if, what if, look, they've basically established him as a different person from Pete Dunn. Have him pull double duty. Oh, Pete Dunn like returns Peter Sellers to... and Dr. Strangelove, huh? Yes. How about this? You have the brawling brutes on, uh, on move to raw via the draft. Butch stays there with them. Pete Dunn comes back to SmackDown. They're different people. But on, on the SmackDown this week, he started doing the 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 pose, the taunt, he needs and then he to pulled stop his hands that. down. He needs to stop that. No, this they're the same pitch. person, because even when he first showed up, they referred to him as Pete Dunn. No, no, I know, I know. But th- then they tried to kayfabe that shit out. Oh, Seamus used to hang out in the pubs with these guys. They totally kayfabe this guy away from being Pete Dunn. He didn't even, Walter didn't acknowledge him the other night on SmackDown. Mm-mm, no, different person. It's the only way you do it. I have a whole faction of Pete Dunn. Yeah. 
Be like We Book Raw. Come on. Be like Sasha Banks and We Book Raw. Yep. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Uh, talked about that. Uh, talked about that. Uh, Mayor Plan Houston, what horrifying things did Dexter Loomis do to the Miz while he was kidnapped? So this is interesting. Here's a theory. This is terrible, by the way. So brace yourself. This is terrible. So earlier, somebody here in chat noted that Kevin Patrick, when Miz was leaving, asked him, what did you see in the crowd? Even though the entirety of the crowd saw Dexter Loomis and we saw Dexter Loomis. What if Dexter Loomis, remember how we talked about on NXT, Grayson Waller could see Mm. NXT TV program that the NXT characters aren't supposed to be privy to? Yeah. What if there are certain characters in WWE who can break the kayfabe boundary and Dexter is one of those guys? And because The Miz has been in so many non-wrestling programs like Miz and Mrs., the Marine stuff, he's trying to recruit Miz to say, hey, we have a special ability. We can break the kayfabe barrier. Apollo Crews is one of those guys. Grayson Waller is one of those guys, too, because he used to be on reality TV. Mm, mm. I mean, that's 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 some pretty meta stuff there. Yeah, it's terrible. I was just going to say that Loomis did like a, 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 a vitiligo technique with Miz, <laughs> but it was all of Miz's movies and reality show. <laughs> Forced that's him to good. watch all of his stuff. That's a lot less convoluted than mine. Uh, Shavon says Seth mentioning Riddle's divorce and calling him a bitch ass has to be the greatest verbal insult of all time. What other verbal insult is on the same tier? You know, it's not so much what he said it's how he said it. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that in Seth's case? Yeah. In Seth's yeah. case. Yeah. So I feel like if he had said it with like a bunch of anger, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been as effective. Oh, dude, I know. He said it like it was real. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, regardless, I could pull some insult mm-hmm. out of the ether and say this is it, but a lot of it is how it's delivered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think that, that you know, sort of... It, it, you're right. One thing that comes to mind, and I'm trying not to think of the obvious ones, but I always, I always really appreciated that John Cena said to Roman Reigns, they brought me back oh, yeah. part-time because I can do better part-time than what you could do full-time. Yeah. Oh, I with Cena, Cena talk shit to The Rock about having his notes written on his hand. <laughs> Gosh. He eviscerated him with that one moment because he Cena did. had that look on his face like, oh. Oh, I know. <laughs> I don't know if I The know. Rock knew it. that was coming, dude. Yeah, I know. I, don't, I honestly don't know if The Rock knew that was coming. No, I don't think he did. You see the look on The Rock's did. face? I know. The Rock he doesn't was... get cry face. He got cry face there. That was checkmate for Cena right there. He should have come out afterwards and said, the apology better be <laughs> louder, louder and more public. As loud and as public as the disrespect. God, what a terrible line. Yeah, that line is terrible. That line was terrible. Can I see your manager, please, Hangman Adam Page? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, Dan Daniels here says, does anything beat Ricky Starks and Brian Cage? Where's the Philly street fight? <laughs> the fact that he gave Brian Cage, he... he Torpedoed his career with that one tweet. I know. With a tweet. I know. It's in Philly, you big dumb bitch. <laughs> Where's the Philly? Why would he put that tweet out? Where's I the Philadelphia? Know. It's in Philly, you big dumb bitch. 
Oh, God, that was funny. <sighs> that was good stuff. Anyways, that's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, Ugh. everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Once again, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern today, we got Overrun. We're going to be looking at the NWO with Numbers Don't Lie, and we're going to yep. be looking at 10 things we want to see. 10 things. This, this weekend. 10 things. 10 things from tonight. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.